Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Sabina Schleza. She's been the Director of Corporate Affairs for Schleza Saddlery since 1986, when her husband, German Certified Master Saddler and Equine Ergonomist, Johan, was asked to be Official Saddler for the World Dressage Championships. Together, they've changed the face of saddle fitting in the equestrian industry. When they first arrived, saddles were treated like commodities. They were basically bought off the shelf, and either they fit or they didn't. And if they didn't, there really was no one capable of helping them fit properly or repairing them. And so they began a saddle ergonomist certification course, allowing equine professionals insight into diagnosing and analyzing issues arising from poor saddle fit. Sabina and her company have received many industry and professional awards, including recognition from various chambers of commerce, a Global Traders Award, and Exporter of the Year. She's been on Profit Magazine's ranking of the top 100 businesswomen in Canada for 10 years running. That's awesome. They've also been profiled on Discovery Channel's How It's Made and in the Wall Street Journal and have won Best of the Best English Manufacturer of the Year as named by Tack and Togs Magazine in 2008. Schleza has also had the cover story of California Riding four times and is nominated for the fourth time this year for an Equine Industry Vision Award. Sabina, I'm delighted to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Val. I'm delighted to be here. I love it. I, You know, I so relate to this. You know, the horses that I had, finding a saddle to really fit them and me was quite a feat. I don't know that we ever really did it, you know. So, so tell me a little bit more about the equestrian market and how it's changed in the past 25 years. And, and what do you, tell me more. How did, how did you do this? What's going on? Well, they don't call it saddle fitting hell for nothing. You know, like I, I read that in the chat rooms all the time. And it, it's so very, very true. Um, we, we came to this whole realization that, first of all, in our market today, the majority of the clientele are women. Um, up to 50 years ago even, it was mainly men riding. You, you saw very few women riding, whether recreationally or in com- com- competition or anything. And over the last, last 50 years, it's really, really changed. But unfortunately, these women have had to make do with riding in men's saddles. They've been made by men. They've been made for men. And I think traditionally, 
if you're taking a riding lesson, I mean, we make all of our employees, if they're not riders already, we have them take riding lessons because it's just part of the the training they have to go through because they have to be able to to also talk the talk, you mm-hmm. know, when they're speaking with clients. Yeah. And I don't know how many times we've had some of the women who have never ridden before. Um, my partner's wife tells the story often where we made her take riding lessons at one of the local riding schools where she, every time the instructor would look at her, she would sit properly and, and you know, try to have the perfect position. And then as soon as the instructor looked away, she would slump and go, oh, my God, this hurts. Mm-hmm. And she had her five lessons, which is sort of the set of lessons that we took. And she said, you know what, I don't think I would ever ride because it just hurts so much. Too painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean... Yeah. Unfortunately, riding school saddles are notorious for never being really perfect anyway. They're just yeah. kind of, you know, what, whatever they have available, and, and they're grateful to accept donations of used saddles and old saddles, and so they just make them work. But yeah. I don't think they're ever ideal for either the student or the horses. No. So um, we came to the realization that about 20 years ago, when more and more of our clients would come to my husband, it was sort of like he's a hairdresser, they would confide all sorts of things to him. and. <laughs> You know, they would say to him, I'm literally being rubbed bloody. And, I mean, these are things that women are just now, I think, starting to talk about and realize that there are alternatives, mm-hmm. which is why we began to specialize into saddles for women. And I'm not talking about side saddles. I'm talking about actual saddles that are made for women. My husband worked very closely with um, actually my gynecologist and all other equine professionals to determine that, you know, it, it's such a da thing. Of course, male and female pelvises are completely different. Yeah. So why should they feel comfortable sitting on the same kind of a, a saddle? Mm-hmm. It, it just defies logic. Yeah. And, you know, you have the, the old argument, who's built best to ride? Well, men are built best to ride on the saddles that have been available in 90% of the market up to yeah. now because yeah. they are made for a man's bottom. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know how much detail you would like me to go into, but I can... Uh, I can tell you all sorts of different things that we look at when we're making our saddles, taking into consideration female confirmation and making sure that our saddles work for the majority of women. That makes so much sense to me, and I would love to know more. Tell me more about the difference between okay, the well, two, and, and how, how would you recognize or know if a saddle was right, built for a man or built for a woman? What, what are the major differences? Well, first of all, we always say that, you know, you, you buy with the eye, but you ride with the feel. And I mean, to a lay person, a saddle is a saddle is a saddle. And if you're just looking at them, you, it's very difficult to recognize what actually makes a difference. We begin with the tree, which is basically the chassis of the saddle, and that's where the differences are made. The female pelvis, obviously, is built for childbearing. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, pubic symphysis, which is much lower than in a male. You've got seat bones, which are wider than a male's. And you've got a tailbone, which is also lower than a male's. So you've got all of these differences in the, in the female pelvis uh, to accommodate giving birth. A male can balance very easily on his seat bones uh, in a bipod position. His pubic oh. symphysis will be higher and it will never hit the front of the, the cantle, or the front of the pommel, sorry. And a female, in order to achieve the same shoulders, hips, heels, straight line, will actually have to sit on a tripod. Her pubic symphysis will be sitting on the front of the pommel. And as you probably know, it hurts to sit on your pubic bone. Yes. So if you're trying to achieve this classic shoulders, hips, heels, straight line, you're going to feel extreme pain. You will have, I mean, we've had women who've had problems with recurrent bladder infections, Mm -hmm. being rubbed raw and just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Our hip bones are articulated differently than a male, so our legs will never hang straight down. We've got different musculature on the insides of our our quads and hamstrings. Mm -hmm. And 
it hurts, so you collapse at the hip, your leg shoots forward, and also most of these male saddles don't have enough padding or support behind you on your gluteus maximus and to support your tailbone so that your your backbone will be able to use its four natural curves as a natural shock absorber. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have back aches, you're going to have positional difficulties, you're going to have balance problems, like all of these different things. Plus female legs are made generally that the ratio of the upper leg is longer than that of the lower leg. So your center of gravity is different where your leg's going to hang from the get-go. So you need to have stirrup bars that are extended in order to accommodate that the stirrup leathers are in the right position. Mm-hmm. You need to have a very narrow twist so that you that your your hip bones aren't jutting outwards. Like if you're standing naturally and comfortably, mm-hmm. we tend to stand with a little bit of a turnout. Like, you know, that's how you sit on the saddle. Your legs mm-hmm. turn out. So yeah. you need to have all these... these um, aids that are built into the saddle so that you're not fighting the saddle for your position so that you're using the saddle to ride properly. And I guarantee you, I don't care how well your saddle fits your horse, if you as a rider are not comfortable, this discomfort is going to translate down and will always impact the performance of the horse. Yes. So we say the top of the saddle is built for the rider and the bottom of the saddle is built for the horse. Today's horses, many of them are bred with shorter backs, um, with, you know, very, well, just like humans, you've got right-handed people who is in the majority who are in the majority and most horses are actually left-legged left-handed <laughs> their left shoulder muscles if you stand at the back of your horse you will see mostly that your left shoulder muscle on the horse is developed much more strongly than the right mm. there are many different theories why this is it's apparently because they spend you know 18 hours a day grazing it's usually with their left foot forward mm. um they say it's to accommodate some of the uh, internal organs, whatever whatever the reason is. Anyways, the fact is that most of them are muscled unevenly. So for the horses that are muscled strongly on the more strongly on the left, you've got a saddle that will continue to twist to the right because the shoulder will push it backwards. You know, so you're you're, you're trying to fight the position of the saddle as well. There are so right. many different things that you need to keep into consideration when you're fitting both horse and rider. Right. That it it really you know they say oh, it's not rocket science. Well, yeah, it is. It is yeah. a lot more than yeah just fitting a saddle. A lot more complicated and yeah. so many bits to it. And I, I love that you said that about the shoulder and the, the twisting and, you know, and not... Uh, ideally, we should be sitting in balance in our saddle without efforting. Right. So if you're efforting in any way, then that's going to translate as tension and it will either block you or your horse in some way because there's that natural reaction, uh, you know, to what, whatever you're doing. Well, really glad you brought that out. Yeah, that makes me feel a lot better, Sabina. I have to tell you because when when I was riding, I had a heck of a time, you know, keeping and finding my balance. And mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm feeling like, oh well, it wasn't me as a bad rider, um, as much as it was um, that my saddle was not right. You know, mm-hmm. the saddle wasn't setting me up correctly uh, to ride well, and uh, you know, of course, it certainly affected my horse. The wrong saddle so. for you, and probably probably not fit properly for your horse as well because um, we have found that the majority of issues that arise with horse lameness mm-hmm. occur usually in the right hind. Um, mm. and, and this is because with the saddle twisting being pushed back around from the left shoulder, it's going to pinch more on the right side, on the right, um, on the right lungissimus dorsi or on the right gluteus of the horse, mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. how long it is, and that's going to translate down to stifle and hot problems in the right rear. That's right. where probably the majority of injections occur. Like if you've got problems of lameness. Oh, yeah. 
So, Ooh, that's a really good point. A really interesting one. That when I work with horses, I also find um, this type of pattern. And sometimes it's it can you know it, you look at the latissimus mus- you know the latissimus mus- the the muscles there along the back, um, and you and I can feel where they are cramped or cramping, you know, or they're twisted or short, or tight, you know, um, and it, it translates through the body. So mm-hmm. what a brilliant insight! Thank you. And a lot of times it will happen too because if you look at the older saddles, the older mm-hmm. style saddles, a mm-hmm. lot of them just don't have wide enough gullet channels. You need to have not just two fingers; you need four fingers because ah. you've, got, you've got spinal processes which are very wide normally mm-hmm. um, and, some of the, and some of the breeds wider than others. You've True. got the nerves that run along the back of the spine. You've got the ligament system. All of these things, the saddle should be kept off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got this very, actually very small saddle support area should not go back past the 18th rib or the 18th um, dorsal lumbar vertebrae and you, it's very easy to find where your horse's uh, saddle support area should end. It should be start behind the shoulder, which mm-hmm. is very easy to feel. Mm-hmm. And if you go up in the back, you can feel where the last rib ends. And there's actually, you can see where the, the hairs grow in two different directions there. Mm-hmm. And then you can you need to make sure that your saddle is, is also wide enough all around the gullet, not just underneath at the top of the withers there. It has to be all the way around because... You know, you're fitting your saddle statically. The horse is standing still. Yeah. Um, but it has to work when the horse is moving, so we do dynamic fit as well. And you have to make sure that the saddle, the tree points and the and the, um, the panel should not be touching. We call it the little triangle of death at the front there mm-hmm. um, at the withers. This is the place where uh, the stallion bites the mare to immobilize her during mating. Mm-hmm. So the reaction of the mare is at that point she uh, stands still, she drops her back, and her, she rotates her pelvis in preparation for mating. You've got a saddle that pinches you there, Mm -hmm. and you've got a rider on top of the horse, which is pushing him forward, pushing him forward, but the natural instinct of the horse is to stand still Mm -hmm. and to drop the back. Plus, horses are flight animals, so for them to have, it's it's absolutely unnatural to ride. I mean, let's put Mm -hmm. that out there right from the start. So -hmm. that you've got something on this horse's back, which to him may feel at first as a predator, so yep. his instinct is to just get the heck out of Dodge, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, we come along, we, we come across many, many horses who, it's truly sad, um, where they're, they're acting out behaviors um, which are totally indicative to us of, of just poorly fitting tack and poorly fitting saddles and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And yet the rider says, or the owner says, oh, I just can't ride this horse at all. I just you know, he's running away from me all the time. Well, yeah, there are so many things that you need to look at, which is part of the reason why we, we have these Subtle Fit for Life uh, educational evenings, which we are in the process of actually organizing pretty much all around the country where we just have, we invite the riding public, we in, invite their trainers, their equine professionals, their vets, their chiropractors, whatever, mm-hmm. just to come and listen because these are also diagnostic tools that everyone can use. And we have them on our website. We've got like the nine steps of saddle fitting, which... Uh, are on our YouTube channel, which everyone can watch. They're two minutes long, and they go through various steps that you should look at when you're trying to determine whether your saddle is actually fitting your horse properly. Okay. And then there's also uh, ones on the female and male, where, where um, one of our saddle fit technicians discusses the differences between the pelvises. You can see all that. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also got a really funny video, which we just filmed recently. It's called uh, Red Shoes and Saddle Fitting. If you cool. haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's hilarious. It's got my husband <laughs> in it. It's just a very short one. 
Okay. And we've, we've got another one called Saddle Fitting Hell, which shows actually a horse um, that we were using last year during a training session, which was saddled with a saddle that absolutely did not fit. She would not even let the rider get on. Mm-hmm. Like she yep. was rearing and bucking, and it was unbelievable. I mean, very, very uh, illustrative of, of exactly the points that we're trying to make here. Good. Wow, I love that. So let's give them the website. So is it the Schleser.com or is it SaddlesForWomen.com? It's the same. It, Saddles for Saddles. Women is, I think, more easily remembered mm-hmm. because most people can't spell or even pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. When we first came over from Germany, we were trying to decide, you know, what we're going to name our company. We called it, okay, someday we're going to be as big and famous as 3M, so let's make it 3S and call it Schleser Saddlery Service. And I said, if that's not a mouthful, I don't know. <laughs> that's one of the first questions we ask anyone who wants to come work for us. Could you please pronounce our name? Can you pronounce the name? If so, then we'll continue to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to pronounce it for our listeners so they will have a clue. It's S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E, pronounced Schleza. S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E. So, do, am I hired? You're hired, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yay! It's really, it's really funny okay. because when I look back on it, we came over in 1986 from Germany, mm-hmm. and at that time, my husband really could not speak a word of English. Oh, boy. Not a word. He always thought when he was at school, oh, what do I have to learn this for, you know? They should learn how to speak German. And <laughs> in, our, in our industry segment, which is mainly dressage, mm-hmm. of course, uh you know, a lot of the key riders, they usually go to Germany to train with the German masters, and many people speak at least some German. And I, and looking back now, I don't even really know how, how we made it through the first year or so, but obviously we did, and, and um, within a very short time, I think within a year and a half, uh, he, he's very, very talented with his languages. He picked up enough English so that he was actually invited to speak to a delegation in front of the Canadian Equestrian Federation. Oh, very good. Yeah. So he's there the night before we were at a barn, and unfortunately, my husband is six foot four, <laughs> and he bonked his forehead on one of the low hanging beams. And and when we came in the next day, he had a little bit of um, you know black eye and and swollen oh. nose and a big bruise on his forehead. Oh, good lord! So he's in front of these delegates, and I mean, he, he gets very embarrassed <laughs> when I tell the story. So. <laughs> So it's like he got beat up in the bar last night. He did, and and with his accent, I always do it, and he keeps saying, it's not a Russian accent. I said, no, okay, but he says, before you thinking my wife beat me up, he says, I have to tell you, last night I was at a barn and I hit my foreskin. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hysterical. (laughs) Does he think it's funny, or is it just the rest of the world? about it all the time, but That's he always great. gets very embarrassed when I tell the story, but I love telling the story. And it's a great story. Whenever I introduce him when he's giving one of his, his educational presentations, it always immediately breaks the ice. And that's, I mean, he's a, he's an extremely funny man anyway. Well, you'll see when you watch the Red Shoe video. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't had a chance to see that yet myself. You'll have to let me know how you like it. <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm, oh, I almost want to go watch it right this second. So, And we're going so, to be putting up the outtakes in the next couple of weeks as well, oh, which is even funnier. Oh, but good, this, good, this good. hilarious, yeah. Okay, well, I'm making a note of it. So uh, videos, how would they find them? Just search for Schleser? Go under root, go, go to the YouTube channel and um, okay. just type in Red Shoes and Saddle Fitting. Cool, okay, Red Shoes mm-hmm. and Saddle Fitting. Yeah. Cool, okay, we have to do that. All right, so, um, so let's keep going. Uh, we're talking about, let's talk about Saddle Fit for Life. 
So this is the global network. You've got your professionals that are trained. Um, you're, you literally are teaching and doing this globally, which is so wonderful. Um, you've got the veterinary, veterinary conflict, uh, bleh, conference in Brazil, the German National Writing School, teaching osteopaths and body workers all over Europe. Oh, my God, this is so fabulous. Yes, we're so, very excited about Saddle Fit for Life, and, and the idea came from um, the fact that, actually, it's funny because in my husband's family, I think all the way back to 1700 and something, the firstborn son is always a teacher. And Johan was the first boy in the family. He's got three siblings. He was the first one to fall out of that um, realm. He he didn't go to university to become a teacher, but now he's actually teaching. And this is his passion. He loves it. This The education of it and, and the, the training the multipliers because he... His personal goal is to help as many horses as he can worldwide. And he says in order to achieve that, he says, I can only touch so many with my two hands. I have to train other people to be able to do this. Thank you. So that's his, that's his whole raison d'etre. You know? Yeah. French for reason for being. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm delighted that he's doing that because it, it's amazing to me how many problems come from a poorly fitting saddle or, or badly fitting tack. You know, mm-hmm. we, we could, I know we're not talking about bits and bridles and all the rest of it, um, but, you know, <laughs> without a shoe, you don't have a horse, uh, they say, and then truly, if you don't have a saddle that's comfortable for your horse and yourself, then you don't have a good ride. Yes, yes, you know? absolutely. So, um, you or your horse will enjoy it. Correct, yes, and if it's not fun for them, it's not fun for us and, and, and vice versa, really. Yeah. You know, it's amazing what, it, what they put up with. Is, you know, with their big hearts and their goodwill, and they and they, it's like walking through life with shoes, ill-fitting shoes that are hurting you. You know, That's and causing you. That's what we always say is, is, is that yeah. it, how beautifully they function in spite of what we sometimes do with them. Yes. You know, and yeah. and then you have yeah. the paradox of uh, putting a saddle on and and pad 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 pad. First of all, yes. There's there's, it's incongruous. You've got a close contact saddle which is no longer close contact by any stretch of the imagination no. or you've got the, or you know you've got people that's like giving your kid a pair of shoes that are too tight and giving them extra socks to soften them but they'll be even tighter you know it just yeah makes no sense it doesn't it makes no sense um uh, and what are some other symptoms or signs of a bad or, or a saddle fit problem Can, are there, is there a list of those somewhere or could you uh, tell um, them briefly what to look for well you've got issues like they, you could have um Stumbling, you can have uh, a four-beat canter, you can have uh, bucking, you can have tongue problems, you can mm-hmm. have, you know, horses do not lie. So when they manifest a certain behavior, it's not because they're consciously acting out, mm-hmm. it's because they are uh, reacting to pain. Mm-hmm. And we have another little uh, video, it's called Just Saddle Fitting Hell, and it will talk directly about those things, some of the issues that come come to pass because you've got poorly fitting tack. Okay. Um, you know, just um, <sighs> there's so many behaviors that can manifest because the horse does not know how to tell you that this is pinching me or, or this mm-hmm. is, you know, like I said, hollowing the back, right. not coming up. And you've got a saddle that may look as if it's not really fitting properly when the horse is standing still because it's it's not lying flat all along his back. Yep. But the horse's back is supposed to come up when he's engaged, when he's, you know, when he's coming under and whatever the, we call it in German, Durch, Durchgelassenheit. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is the suppleness and the you know and and you have to have room for that back to come up under the saddle and then it fits properly when you're riding them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be room at the front for the the when you're you know when you're flexing muscle when when your horse is doing his extended trot your shoulder the shoulder the scapula itself will will uh rotate between 4 to 8 inches. Mm. And if you've got a saddle that has for instance um forward facing tree points there is now and this is not just my opinion or our opinion. We're not just saying this and pulling this out of the top of our heads. Mm-hmm. There are diagnostic research programs, thermography, MRIs, fiber optic cameras that prove this. You know, mm-hmm. there's scapular damage that the cartilage has been worn off at the shoulder because the constant hitting of tree points. Yeah. You know, things like this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always been amazed at racehorses. I've, I've, you know, I look at those saddles and it seems to me that you know, if you want your horse to race well, I don't know that that's the right saddle. Uh, have you have y'all studied racehorse saddles? Um, the racehorse saddles are actually um, nothing more than tiny little leather pads, basically. Right. Um, the exercise saddles have uh, sort of a half tree in them. They're a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. The actual race saddles are generally nothing more than uh, little leather pads. Yeah. Very, very light. Obviously, yeah. uh. <laughs> um, they're not meant for anything to sit on, yep. and, and generally the jockeys aren't sitting on them anyway. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> that's what I don't like thing. about the racing is the fact that you've got a horse that's that's two years old basically and is actually way too young to be yeah. broke broken in. But yeah, I don't want to get into that. No, let's not like, go there. I'm sorry I brought it up. Sorry I brought it up. No, no, no. I mean, those, those, those are very contentious issues that that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know they are. Mm. Ah, okay. So let's talk about your upcoming book. You have a book coming up, uh, coming called "The Silent Killer." Yes. Tell us about that. Um, it's being written right now. Um, it's it's not my book. It's 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 a collaborative effort, but it's basically built on the philosophy and opinions and experiences and anecdotal evidence um, gathered over the many many years that my husband has been doing this, um, and it's. Basically, the subtitle is The Painful Truth of Saddle Fitting and Why It Does Not Work. Mm. And it goes into all of these points of saddle fit, and it goes into various um, anecdotal stories about proof of, you know, issues that have been experienced by clients over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's we're very excited about it. It's actually being written in German. It's going to be published, first of all, in Germany. Okay. And uh, then... Hopefully, later this year, um, the publisher is going to work with their North American partner, hopefully, to publish it in English as well. And it, uh, they, the contract actually states that it's going to be translated into seven other languages. So, wow. hopefully, yes, that will be quite quite cool. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, how exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and we're very, very honored. Uh, Dr. Gerd Heuschman is writing the foreword for it, and Walter Zettel is writing a foreword for it. Um, Jane Savoy has contributed to it. Um, Dr. Jim Warson, who is the author of The Rider's Pain-Free Back, and he's the only certified uh, expert in equestrian medicine. It's a little bit different than veterinary medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually he's actually a Comanche warrior. Mm. So wow. Very cool. We've got some really great people working on this with us, so we're very mm. excited. How exciting. I, it, it, so it's going to hopefully change the face of the world uh, as far as saddle fitting and having 
you know, comfortable equipment for our amazing equine athletes so they can live better lives, be healthier, you know, have happier relationships with their people. Well, that's the goal, but I, I think what it's going to do is cause a lot of controversy. Good. <laughs> as unfortunately, a lot of resistance, especially in yeah. the old traditional, Sure. Um, I don't want to call it an old boys club, but um, <laughs> you have English saddles and you have English saddles. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is one of the things that we've come across over the past couple of years specifically. Yeah is um, working with, with independent saddle fitters who were actually certified by the Society of Master Saddle Fitters. Mm. And they are very limited in, in their training and in what they can actually do with the the traditional English saddles because the English saddles, especially the ones that have come out of England, still have a lot of these forward-facing tree points and have these um, fairly non-adjustable trees. They either fit yeah. or they don't. Yeah. But they cannot be adjusted. They can yeah. be made to fit at a certain point in time. And people still have, you know, very misconcept, very misconceptions about what is a custom saddle. They think, well, I bought a custom saddle and it should fit my horse for the rest of its life. Well, no. The point is if you get a saddle that's going to allow the horse finally to muscle up and, and the freedom of movement that you want from it, yeah. this is going to necessitate uh, refits, you know, at least yeah. once a year if not more often. Yeah. And that's yeah. a good thing. A very good thing. You want your horse to develop properly. Absolutely, and, yes. You know. And the horse will change its conformation at least four times uh, very grossly over the course of his life. And then you've got the minimal changes as you you know, you know do your seasonal training and stuff like that over the rest of his life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the controversy because I know <laughs> it's going to get attention and you're going to get an opportunity to really set the old way on its ear yes. and hopefully kick it out the door. Yes, um, so too. Yeah, I, you know, I, I talk with a lot of horses. You know, I do a lot of healing work, a, a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a problem-solving specialist. Um, and when I go in and I work with a horse where they tell me very clearly that the saddle is a problem, um, then we know that that has to be one of our number one, our top most important things to change. Well, Val, we should we should talk yeah. about um, having you, if, if you know, if logistically it works out and mm-hmm. locale-wise, that you should come and attend one of Johan's evenings sometime just to mm-hmm. hear for yourself the, yeah. you know, the, the personal aspect of it, and it's 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 very eye-opening. I mean. I've only touched the tip of the iceberg here, and I'm not really the expert he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I would be... Oh, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm delighted, delighted to go. Um, so um, how would we find out, me and uh, the, our listeners, how would we find out how we can find out more? Uh, where where do we go to find out how we can attend uh, a Saddle Fit for Life or, uh, or, or one of the, the um, presentations? Well, on both websites, on uh, okay. saddlesforwomen.com, we have the schedule of upcoming Schleza clinics. Okay. And on Saddle Fit for Life, and that's Saddle Fit, one word with the number four, life.com. Okay. Um, there are also uh, further information. There are other other um, certified equine ergonomists and saddle ergonomists and, and uh, saddle fit technicians, all these people that we've been working with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there is also the schedule of where we are going to be over the next four to six months, always ahead. Great. Plus, they can also just give our office a call and find out where the next okay. closest session will be. Excellent. And that's at Saddle Fit 
four life s a d d l e f i t the number four l i f e dot com. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Very good. Uh, okay. So um, I have to ask about this: the reality TV show Extreme Horse Makeover. What is that? Well, that's something that um, we're working on. We haven't managed yet to secure a network that is is going to work with us, but we've got a couple of very interested um, um, broadcast affiliates. Good. It's kind of like um, what we want to do is take horses that are having issues, behavioral issues or whatever, and then we're going to work with a panel of experts uh, each 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 um, episode, a trainer, a veterinarian, a saddle fitter or a saddler who mm-hmm. will do their magic on the horse and at the end of the show, voila, it's like a brand new horse. Awesome. Ooh, how exciting. <laughs> so, and I the, love it. Yeah, the good thing is, I mean, um, animals are very uh, close to the emotions of, of people and I think yeah. especially horses, and yeah. I think it will appeal to an audience that is even not necessarily a riding audience because horses have always been seen as these beautiful, magical, uh, majestic creatures. As they are, yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. And there will be various various uh, aspects to the story. It, it's very much still in, in the beginning phases, and we're okay. hoping that uh, over the next couple of months we're going to tighten it up and, and get it out okay. there. Um, so it's part well, of what our, our foundation, it's HIPPO, which is our newest um, um, permutation of, of equine professionals working together. It's called Horse Industry Professionals Protecting Our Horses, HIPPO. It's a okay. foundation that we founded in California last two years ago. And okay. people are, are uh, invited to go to hippofoundation.org. You can make donations for that, and we're in the process of actually finding a location where we're going to do like a whole equine rehabilitation center type of thing. We've got one woman who's interested in working with us on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. Okay. So there will be things happening with that as well over the next couple of years. Wonderful. Ooh. Oh, I love this. You know, I have to say, I watch the Dog Whisperer. I watch, you know, the Cat from Hell. I, I watch you know, a lot of stuff <laughs> from Animal Planet and National yes. Geographic. And, yeah. you know, I, I could see, certainly see this, the Horse from Hell, you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um you know, and, and I think it's about time that horses got more attention. I, I have to say I'm really um, annoyed at the cable companies and whatnot, you know, that don't give horses more their due because so many of us around the world exactly. love them. And, and it's a huge growing market. Yes, like, um, especially Especially you've got the aging baby boomers yep. who have lots of discretionary income, and I just read in the newspaper that they are set over the next 10 years to inherit trillions of dollars. Ooh, good. We are going to be having we are the going to be the most wealthy um segment mm-hmm. of population ever. Mm-hmm. And that's our clientele. We've got women who are, you know, in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Some of them are yeah. first-time riders. They've yeah. got their husbands out on the golf course. Their children right. are away at school. They're empty right. nesters. They've got nothing to do. The horses are part of their lives and they yeah. want to do right by them. A lot of times it's like they don't know what they don't know. And honestly, for my husband, for him, the biggest payoff is is when he makes a visible difference from even one half hour to the next where the client just throws herself on him just crying out of thankfulness and he's made that difference. That's that's, that's more important to him than even getting paid for it. Unfortunately, that's many times you have to decide whether you're a charity or not. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 
Yeah. And, you know, and the service you're providing is incredibly valuable. You know, does it, you deserve everything you can, you know, I mean, yes, our horses can be our favorite charity cases um, sometimes, but, you know, they are worth um they're valuable. Yeah, you know, it's valuable. Critically I hate, valuable. I hate watching shows where animals are mistreated or children yeah. are mistreated. Those are yes. the, the the most emotionally draining things to see. And then I look at, I mean, you've seen it yourself, all these reality TV shows. It's like, oh my goodness, who watches this crap? Yeah. Like the the you know the Jersey Shore or whatever. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> I know. I'd rather watch a good horse show, yeah, or uh, or something. You know, good. Health. I'd rather watch the the commercials for the Humane Society, which always make me cry. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Poor animals. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. Thank you, Sabina. Thank you, and Johan, uh, for doing mm-hmm. the incredible, wonderful, amazing work that you do. Thank you. And Thank you. I'm you too. So glad to have connected with you. Sabina, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I'm delighted that you shared your heart and your passion with us and are helping to change horse lovers everywhere so we all have better relationships with our horses. So thanks. Thank you very much for having me, Val. I really enjoyed speaking with you, and I'm really looking forward to things changing in the industry. Me too. All right, so let's stay in touch, and we'll catch up with you again later. Thanks. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life.